Hey, this is Carla. And this is Jasmine. And you're listening to Cracking, Cracking the, the Coconut, Coconut, where we tackle taboo conversations in the Filipino community by cracking one coconut at a time. Wow. Okay, well, welcome back. I think Welcome back. <laughs> That's a, a way to welcome back, you know, ourselves to the set, <laughs> back to recording. It has been a freaking yes. while, Carla, but we are here and in the building. Queer or... So we are here and, you know, <laughs> you guys, it's been a long time since we last recorded an episode and, you know, life has just been lifing. Life has been lifing. I can't explain it any other way as then we just we've just been booked and busy like we've been really busy with just life personal professional you know sexual everything it's a, a it's lot of a things lot. going on it's been a lot <laughs> but you know that's not for lack of not wanting to be here and mm-hmm. give the content out to you guys um you know we have been active weekly on kumu yes uh, where we have our sipping the coconut segment every tuesday 7 p.m pacific mm-hmm. standard time if you're in the philippines it's at 10 a.m 11 a.m i always get it wrong one of these days <laughs> i'm gonna get it right <laughs> and then that's the time we switch the time and then it's gonna be completely different <laughs> 11 a.m. Philippine time in the morning Mm -hmm. there on Wednesdays uh, where we kind of have a watered down version of our podcast. Yeah. And we're still talking and interacting with you guys, um, Mm -hmm. tackling and cracking these nuts. Yeah. Speaking of cracking nuts and Kumu, you know, the cool thing about Kumu, if you've never joined us on any of our live live streams before is that when you join in on our kumu lives you can ask questions and be part of the conversation in real time we see the comments that come in you know we are you know we'll give shout outs and then also of course like if you want to join in or if we want to ask a question to each other we're also asking the audience members as well so you can truly join in and give your two cents whether it's something that you agree with us or something that you don't and you just want to give your opinion opinion or give your stand on something it's a great way to kind of just like be part of the conversation and keep talking and interact and connect with each other so yeah definitely so we have big love for kumu and mm-hmm. you know the albeas our cousins who have put yeah. us on to kumu and introduced us to that community mm-hmm. and uh, speaking of the kumu community yes. we actually saw them this past weekend out and about in the <laughs> streets yeah so we saw the kumu fam not necessarily out on the streets but under a tent in a park in uh, downtown San Francisco at the 29th Pistahan Festival and Parade. Jasmine and I got to be part of a float, capture some content for the radio station, um, and walk around the festival ground, see some really cool vendors, mm-hmm. food, um, jewelry, art, print, everything. And of course, the Kumu fam were there too. So it's just like a really, really great time. Definitely, definitely. It was cool seeing the community, the Kumu community, because yeah. if you guys have never been, been on Kumu or seen them or interacted with them, there's just like the a bunch of cool Filipinos yeah. who are really there and heart and passion is, is for the community. And, mm-hmm. you know, seeing them interacting with, you know, the Filipinos attending the uh, Pistahan Festival, mm-hmm. man. They got it. And they, and they're doing really great stuff for our community. So shout outs to them. Yeah, shout out to communi- uh, community. Shout out to Kumu. Shout out to One Down, um, our cousins, 
Tessa, Leo, Sarah. But yeah, so this was actually my first time attending Pistahan ever. I've never been, but I know Jazz, you have. So yeah. can you tell me about some differences of when you went when you were younger or a few years ago um, to what it is now? Yeah, you know, I haven't been to Pistahan in many years. I think mm. the last time I went, I was maybe 12. Oh, wow. So it's been a bunch years of years, ago. like 100 years ago. <laughs> 29th. <laughs> it's been it's been many, many years ago. And, you know, to be honest, I don't really remember or have significant memories of the festival. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was I didn't personally care, mm-hmm. even though my family took me there, mm-hmm. or I just didn't feel like I connected with the festival at the time. And I can't really remember if it was at Yerba Buena Gardens, which its current location is now, or if it was somewhere else located um, near the area. But, you know, I don't really have very fond memories. Oh, that's sad. Which is crazy, right? That's really sad. But at the same maybe... I do have memories. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of all intertwined in like this bank of memories I have yeah. not touched in years. So it could be kind of scrambled. But, you know, that kind of says a lot that nothing has really stood out to me, mm-hmm. even though I have attended this festival yeah. in the past. You know, to piggyback on that, though, I do want to ask, because you haven't had any fond memories of Pistahan back when you were 12, I guess, like, close your eyes and just imagine <laughs> yourself as a 12 year old and where you were at 12 you know possibly seventh eighth grade around that time were you connected to your filipino culture at that time or were you just you know playing basketball going to school and not really doing much with the culture because i remember when i was 12 i really wasn't connected to my filipino culture i mean i knew i was filipino but i didn't see it as like the significant thing in my life um i didn't even really like eating filipino food Mm. You know, when I was 12, I was trying to, like, I guess, assimilate. So is that do you think that's maybe why you didn't have fond memories of Pistaha Hmm. when you were 12? Or was it like, I don't know, something completely different? Well, I think I definitely didn't have a problem eating the food. I loved eating the Filipino mm-hmm. food. All that all that Dinagon stuff, the mm-hmm. Bulaklaks, the Boads, all that. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. But... <laughs> um. Honestly, it's just because I wasn't aware of my culture. Yeah. The okay. only thing I knew about Filipino culture, like I've shared in the past um, episodes, is, you know, my family at home, the language they spoke, and my family around me. That's all I knew. There wasn't yeah. any outreach that I personally made for myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't have like Google or, you know, Facebook at the time. And, you know, I'm sure we could have went to a library to research, mm-hmm. but, you know, maybe I didn't think it was cool to, enough to research my culture and my history and my heritage you know what okay this is kind it's on topic but off topic at the same time because i feel like talking to a lot of filipino americans growing up when they're younger Mm -hmm. there's always a disconnect not all philams but you know i feel like there's a lot of us that have this disconnect to our filipino culture because we're trying to assimilate or our parents don't Mm -hmm. teach us the language or whatever it is and um we get older and then we start to realize you know what i am filipino i am proud i'm gonna do some unlearning to relearn and some soul searching of what it means to be Filipino to ourselves um, in other communities, Mm -hmm. like, for example, maybe the Hispanic communities, um, the black communities. um, I feel like their families 
family members or their parents, grandparents, from the get-go, when they're young, they start teaching them of the importance of their heritage. Yeah. I feel yeah. like there's less assimilation into white American, mm -hmm. American society. Um, you know, your niece, she's um, Filipino, but she's also part black too. And like, you know, your sister does a good job of taking care of her curls and sharing that her curls are mm -hmm. so important. The hairstyles of um, black women are so important to the culture. So I feel like in other communities, it's really important to teach kids the importance of their heritage but i feel mm. like for a lot of filipino americans it's the opposite it's all yeah. about assimilating and trying to fit in i guess you could say yeah man i definitely can agree with that because i've seen it firsthand that you know filipinos i feel like what filipinos do in filipino families mm -hmm. they want us to adapt obviously well everyone should adapt otherwise you'll die adapt or die you know yeah but i feel like in filipino families they want us to learn english and and assimilate in american culture to be able to survive and make it mm -hmm. whereas i feel like when it comes to say like um mexican cultures say they teach their kids spanish mm -hmm. so i don't really i haven't really seen um mexican families try as much to us to learn english and assimilate in the way filipinos expect to yeah. because i i i believe they in their minds they think well this is our culture and they're gonna get to know us yeah not us bend over for them you know and you definitely see in like even the way youngins speak mm -hmm. they know spanish yes. they know the foods you know and and they have no shame in speaking the language. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's really cool about Spanish speakers. Like they have no shame in speaking with their friends yep. Spanish, their siblings Spanish, their parents Spanish. And I wish that Filipinos could have that same want to teach their kids and continue just language because that yeah. could do so much and influence Definitely. so much. Yeah. Speaking of like language. So a last week a couple of days ago we actually had the mix some mixed global artists and if you don't know mixed global there's this huge like company um and they have a lot of filipino artists under their clientele list and so you know some of the star magic artists were on tour and so they stopped by the radio station um and some of them were speaking tagalog to each other and even though i grew up in an ilocano home um i feel like i you know there was a part of me that wish i could have jumped in the conversation <laughs> or you know you know, I yeah. know words here and there. So when I was replying back to emails, you know, I threw in a couple of stuff, you know, a little salamat there, a little ingat <laughs> there. That's how I was able to kind of show my appreciation without full on talk, uh, speaking in Tagalog. As you said earlier, it was your first time at Pistahan Festival. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's been the first time you've ever been to a Filipino festival, right? Yes. So. Um, a couple of months ago, I did go to the Philippine Independence Day Festival at District 6 in San Francisco. Um, so that was, I guess you could say, my first Filipino festival besides mm -hmm. like this one that I went to when I was in the Philippines. But it was more like a community block party, but festival-ish, I guess. Um, but yeah, so but Pistahan was like the first full-fledged like big um festival with a parade mm. and i mean like parade i mean like street closures parade yeah so that they was go pretty big. cool yeah go <laughs> big and i love it you know some people would think that it's crazy that at your age now this was your mm. first ever filipino festival yeah i mean i could see how some people would think that might be odd i know that there's some 
ignorant Filipinos that would probably use it against me and say, why in your late age are you just now going to a Filipino festival? Why aren't you have been going? Well, also, you have to realize the circumstance of things and like where I mean, I spent the majority of my time in areas where even though there were a high volume of Filipinos, there were no Filipino parades or community festivities on Filipino culture Mm -hmm. um, and heritage nights, things like that. Yeah, definitely. You know, and this is probably one of the largest festivals, Filipino festivals Mm -hmm. in America, you know, and for it to be somewhere so accessible to us now, Mm -hmm. it's really special because not a lot of people are able to be Mm -hmm. around that. Yeah, you know what's cool is, like we mentioned, this was the 29th Pisahan Festival and Parade. I was actually talking to one of the people who um, started the whole thing. And, you know, he's been on the committee for a really long time. He's actually, he's had a hand in Pisahan for a very, very long time. And we were talking about him during the pandemic. And he said, yes, during, you know, 2020, we couldn't really have a full-on festival because of COVID. But Mm -hmm. they were still able to make it happen virtually. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really cool and i think it takes a lot of dedication and also a lot of want and passion to keep this going for 29 years yeah yeah man you know and as somebody who's worked um for a time being in those digital virtual fairs Mm -hmm. it is not easy to put together yeah and you know it's also runs the fear of are people really going to care about this now that it's online yeah you know they could be doing something else like binge watching how to get away with murder or something Call me out. Why don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think it's important to have these types of Filipino festivals in America? Oof. I think it's so incredibly imperative to have cultural festivals throughout the U.S. because it allows people of that culture and heritage to share their culture with everyone else. I mm-hmm. mean, we have lived in California for the majority of our life. I mean, you've been here your entire life. Yep. I've been here for a big chunk of my life. And we're very lucky in the areas of California that we live in. It is very, very diverse. We've always grown up with a vi- diverse group of friends, classmates, everything like Mm -hmm. that. So on a day to day, immersing ourselves in culture, whether it's our own, whether it's um, the Indian culture, whether it's other Asian cultures, um, black culture, you know, we're able to go outside and experience it for ourselves. But for other areas that maybe it's predominantly white Mm -hmm. or predominantly one other uh, culture or ethnicity, it's nice to have these festivals to kind of share the culture, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yes, there is a thing where cultural appropriation does happen and i feel like sometimes gatekeeping certain things is okay especially when um you know there are like white people out there that try to take things that aren't theirs and try to pass it off as their own and totally whitewash it that's not okay but i am still down with sharing the culture so that way they know that like where certain things come from so um but yeah it's just like that's why i feel like it's so important for different types of communities to come together and to like celebrate one specific culture and learn more eat food and Mm -hmm. see vendors and just hang out with people like i think Mm -hmm. that's so beautiful and so i think i think it's just it's so right it's so right it's so right so right That reminds me of a time when I was at Washington, D.C. for Independence Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And my brother and his band for high school, they were actually part of the Independence Day parade in Washington, D.C. And I remember at the time there was this festival. What do they call that area outside of the White House? Oh, the mall. 
the Independence Mall or something? Something like that. It's the mall. It's like yes. this huge. It's not even a mall. It's just a huge ass patch of grass. <laughs> <laughs> I always got so confused. The you National know. Mall. I don't yes, know. Yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> so there was this festival in the grassy ass mall. <laughs> and I remember... So I didn't know of any festivities that was going on that weekend. I was just focused on the damn parade. And when the parade was over, we ended up at the mall and there was all these white tents around. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. It's a little festival happening. And, you know, I remember I saw this arepa, uh, like a Colombian um, stand. And next to it was, was like some Chinese food and all that and different cultural foods around. And I was just thinking, man, this is pretty dope. You know, there's a lot of food vendors from uh, different cultures and different ethnicities in America. Like this is truly celebrating mm-hmm. America with a mix of what America has to offer from its people to its food. And there was a lot of cool like international flavors and and things going on. And but it was just such like a false narrative depiction Mm -hmm. of how america really is and i think that's something that really bothers me and i've said it before like you know we have this opportunity to blend ourselves with each other and i feel like if we have better understanding and care for other people's cultures Mm -hmm. then cultural appropriation would not exist yeah because i feel like there's like you said there's a way to respect the culture Mm -hmm. without appropriating it yes but i feel like that all starts with like knowledge yeah, I definitely agree. And it's it's kind of sad in a way. Like, we're definitely privileged living in California. And we get to experience all these different types of cultures and learn. And, you know, not just food, but, you know, artwork and mm-hmm. people. And I feel like when you really get to know people of other cultures, you're able to empathize with yeah. them. You yeah. know, I feel like if you say you live in a predominantly white community and you've never really met an Asian and the only thing about Asians that you know is through media and it could be Bruce Lee yeah it could be it could even be skewed media Mm -hmm. where you think that all Asians are nerdy um, mathletes Mm -hmm. you know and (laughs) I don't that was the first stereotype see it's a stereotype though you know Um, but um, and then you hear all these negative rhetoric about you know, COVID and it being the mm. China flu and everything like that. But yeah. if you physically know someone of that ethnicity and are able to immerse yourself in their culture and learn more about them as a person mm-hmm. and, you know, who they are, you're not going to think that way. You yeah. know, you're going to see them for who they are and not, you know, just like the weird stereotypes that's portrayed on a TV mm-hmm. show or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, and, and people got to understand, like, Say there's a, a Chinese American, right? Mm-hmm. And they've never been to China, but their ethnic background is Chinese. Yeah. And someone goes up to them and says, fuck you, you're to blame for coronavirus and the world going to shit. You know, like this person might not even work in medical. They could be your neighborhood mechanic. Yeah. You know, and and a stranger can really approach them and be so harmful and hurtful when there's no relation to them with that yeah they're just a human being walking the street that just so happen to be chinese you know ethnic background kind of reminds me of some of the mean comments we would get on more so on our tiktok page our tiktok page is popping. popping oh wow wow that's 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 co-hostness right <laughs> that there is. co-closeness oh are you flirting again no oh <laughs> 
not bad. Um, <laughs> but no, okay, so like we would get some cruel <laughs> comments on our TikTok page. Um, and I think it also comes from a place of hurt, a place of ignorance, and a place of uh, misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, we've had this issue in the past where we try to explain to some Filipinos in the Philippines who um, I guess have this maybe romanticized versions of what it means to live in the U.S. and what it means to be Filipino American. Mm -hmm. And we try to explain, you know, how cultural appropriation here exists, how um, discrimination here exists. We could walk outside and um, get discriminated upon on our skin tone. Even our name applying for jobs can be a whole obstacle course. Because we have ethnic names, and there's some Filipinos in the mainland who don't understand that, whether they don't refuse to believe it because it doesn't fit their narrative of yeah. what it means to be American. But it's really important to truly immerse yourself in other cultures. And I believe that being Filipino American has its own culture in a way because it's a blend of both Western American culture, but it's also Filipino as well. And it's really annoying, frustrating, and straight up mean mm -hmm. when Filipinos in the Philippines say that I'm just American when I'm Filipino too. I'm American too. I'm yeah. both. And yeah. it's crazy because it's like they don't understand. To them, they feel like I'm too American or too white. Mm -hmm. But here, I'm too ethnic. I'm yeah. too Asian. I'm not American enough because I don't fit that white American standard. Yeah. It, it's crazy. It's, so there was this young boy who was in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And he was at the market with his mom. He was probably about four or five. But um, when he was at the market, he ended up getting um, lost and um, separated from his mother. And he had no identification on him. And so the authorities took him in and was kind of waiting around a couple of days to see if anyone claimed the boy. Mm -hmm. When that didn't happen, he ended up getting passed to like some um, uh, organization or some group where he was able to get adopted by a family. Mm -hmm. But this family uh, ended up being a white Australian family. Okay. Okay. So now he's grown. He's probably like in his late 30s, mid 30s. But... He's brown. He is a brown Filipino man. He looks like a Filipino man, mm -hmm. but he has an Australian accent and he was raised by white Australian people. Mm -hmm. um, he has since then been able to reunite with his parents, which is really, really cool to see. I think I almost cried when I started Aww. watching this. But, you know, it's a very sentimental and really interesting story, right? Mm -hmm. But is he considered Filipino or is he considered Australian? I feel like he's a mix of all. I feel like his nationality would be Australian. Culturally, Australian too, because Australians also have their culture as well. He also is Filipino. And it's possible to be many things all at once. Mm -hmm. You know, like... We're Filipino-American, American-Filipino, but we also have, you know, you especially being born and raised in the Bay Area, you have Bay Area culture, mm -hmm. you know, instilled in you as well. Like if I grew up in the South, I would have like a Southern yeah. type of um, culture as well. well as wow. <laughs> Are you sure you're not from the South? Well, I did live in Texas, so oh, there's well, that there you too. go. A little Texas little came out of there. San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> You know how we get a lot of comments about just Philams not being Filipino and just saying yeah. some really ignorant, mean stuff. Do you think if they came here to the U.S. Um, 
and got to experience one of these Filipino festivals like mm-hmm. Pistahan and got to immerse themselves in not only their own culture as Filipinos, but also seeing that the Filipino culture and heritage in the U.S. is alive and it's well and people are, are so in tune with their Filipino connection. Do you think that they would completely change their minds about how they feel about Filipino Americans? Yeah, I definitely think it would change their minds because there's no way as a Filipino you come out of a festival like that and feel like shit or feel like you want to hate. Yeah. I feel like being in the presence of these festivals and experiencing it firsthand, it empowers you. It makes you feel good. Yeah. And, you know, when you when somebody is feeling good, it's hard to think of negative stuff. You know, it's hard to hate. Mm hmm. So I definitely feel like it would make an impact. Yeah, I definitely feel like it would 100% make an impact. I feel like it's very inspiring, very motivating. And I feel like it allows people who have the open hearts and minds, though, because in order to feel that impact and feel that spark within Mm -hmm. you, you kind of have to have to be open to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like there are going to be... Filipinos who would go into that festival and still hate but those aren't I hate saying this because we get this that we're not true (laughs) Filipinos but to me that's not being a true Filipino you know and I was thinking the same thing because it's like at that point at that point if you're not feeling this festival if you're not coming out of it feeling empowered excited happy for your Mm -hmm. people for your culture then there's something else going on within it's kind of like um what is that word when they call self like homophobia for self um oh um oh like it's kind of like internalized homophobia Mm. it's so i guess it would be like an internal internalized hate hates for being filipino Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's just like if you're going to go to a Filipino-American festival that, you know, is all about celebrating our culture and our rich just tapestry of history mm-hmm. and you come out of there hating and thinking Filipino-Americans are dumb for doing this or yeah. they didn't do something right or, oh, the Tanikling was all wrong or yeah. whatever it may or why, be. Why were they dancing hip-hop to Tanikling? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Then, you know, then you're just a hater at the end of the day and that's mm-hmm. not the type of energy we want in our community anyway. Yeah, definitely. You know? Now, what's really cool about these festivals, um, especially if you've never been around Filipino people Mm -hmm. and you've only heard of them, you've only seen their food, maybe tasted their food, but you've never really immersed yourself. You know, I feel like it's a good first impression um, and a good way for those people who are not experienced with our community to immerse themselves in a natural way. You know, these are just Filipinos being Filipinos, whether they're, you know, laughing about some, you know, random thing that they they experienced or they're eating food, they're mm-hmm. dancing, they're, um, you know, sipping Hennessy. Uh, you know, I mean, they weren't sipping Hennessy in the park, but, you know, they could be. <laughs> they could have been, you know, but, you know, like, I feel like it's just a natural way for people to be immersed in Filipino-ness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's no pressure. It's just it's just there for you to experience free (laughs) Mm -hmm. definitely and you said free pistahan was a free festival it was in the middle of downtown san francisco there were no gates it was free there was no ticket vendors or anything like i saw this guy who was in line for senior sisig 
Um, and he had an AMC theater uniform on. So he's probably on his lunch break or finished work and wanted mm-hmm. to get some Filipino food. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so awesome. So whether you live in, you know, the area or, you know, you work in one of the buildings around and you just wanted to grab lunch, that was a perfect way to possibly try Filipino food for the first time yeah. or maybe see yeah. a cool traditional dance performance because there was a big stage. Yeah. And I think too, like when I look at Filipino traditional dance, there's so many parts of that from the dress to the moves, to the sounds of the instruments, to the looks of the instruments that look like other Asian cultures, mm-hmm. Southeast Asian cultures. And, you know, if, if you just think about that, you know, there's connection there. Mm-hmm. It might not be in our books that are accessible to us. We really got to go dive in and mm-hmm. research, but there's a connection between us and other Southeast Asian people, yeah. you know, and that, sparks thought in itself like whoa that looks the same we sound the same even language when i listen to someone speak their language who's from a southeast asian country mm-hmm. there's the delivery the cadence sounds similar to some filipino languages yeah it's really beautiful it's great and you know like you said it's an easy way for people to just happily stumble into a cool festival and it was two days long it was a whole festival over the weekend with performances and food and the cool part was the you know the parade about it you know the parade aspect street closures and that whole thing i think it was just so Mm -hmm. awesome and there were so many people in the parade so many floats that you know we got to see and it was just so awesome. Yeah. And there's people not only from San Francisco who mm-hmm. are a part of this festival. There's people who've traveled all over the world just to be at Pistahan Festival in San Francisco. Yeah. From vendors to talent to organizations, artists. Yeah. Man. Like um Maarte, they were they're from Seattle. They drove, flew, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. came all the way out here to San Francisco to be part of this big festival. Mm -hmm. Um, I bought a hat. You bought a shirt. um, (laughs) Supported our people. But, you know, it's like it's really, really cool. You know, often in our podcasts, especially people look at us and they say, you know, they ping us as Filipino culture vultures. Okay. And, you know, how we get clout off of being Filipino and having a platform, Mm -hmm. you know. But the thing is, like, none of that exists with us and it's never existed with us because, frankly, I don't feel like I'm at a point in my Filipino culture to even get clout from it. Yeah. If that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, and like... um. You know, doing this podcast, I'm learning more about my culture. When I go out to these festivals, I'm learning more about my culture. When I, um, you know, am around the Kumu community, I'm interacting with people who I never thought I would ever interact with ever in life. And those are people in my Filipino community. Yeah. You know, but for once in my life, I actually am starting to feel connected. And that's something that's so crazy to admit, you know, from going to not caring when I was 12, 11 of my Filipino-ness and wanting to research about it to actively putting myself in spaces of Filipino-ness. Yeah. Yo, that's beautiful as fuck. (laughs) No, because I relate. I relate and I feel it in my heart and my soul though because like, same. 
you know, I grew up knowing I was Filipino, but not that it was a significant part of me. And, you know, there was no care to learn about my culture or learn the reason why certain foods are made a certain way or, Mm -hmm. you know, why my family speaks Tagalog or I mean Ilocano and, you know, another part of the family speaks uh, Tagalog and all these other things. And, you know, going from that to even, you know, when I went to college, my college hosted the Friendship Games. And if you Mm -hmm. don't know what Friendship Games is, it's this huge, huge, huge um, festival slash... It's like like Filipino Olympics. Yeah, Filipino (laughs) Olympics. So all of the Filipino clubs from other colleges, they get together on campus um, and they just have this Filipino Olympic. And there's there's uh food there's performances it's this huge gathering Mm -hmm. of filipino american college students to hang out and to connect and to possibly hook up um (laughs) you know what i mean but when i was in college my early 20s i didn't care about it i didn't want to be there and my school freaking hosted it like yo like if i could go back in time i would 100 (sighs) percent attend filipino i mean the uh, the filipino olympics friendship games (laughs) i would 100 percent partake in it and be part of it and um i think that's like one of my biggest regrets of school is Mm. not being part of the friendship games but also during that time in my life i wasn't connected yet yeah like, I, was, I feel like you maybe you weren't ready. Yeah, and that's why that's you true. weren't interacting. Yeah, with them. and like one of the reasons why I wasn't connected, I just kind of had this salty, yucky feeling in my mouth and soul about being Filipino because of the Filipinos that I went to high school with. Mm. Not that they were mean or rude, but they had this certain type of esque or aura mm. about them that I just couldn't connect with. I think mainly it was because they all spoke Tagalog and yeah. that just wasn't me. They were also very, you know, thin, light-skinned um, people and I had more thick, um, kind of coarse, more coarse hair, um, definitely more brown. I just, like, didn't fit in mm-hmm. with, um, who you know, just them in general. And yeah. I just... When I went to college, I was more so I'm going to study, I'm going to do well, I'm going to graduate, yeah. and I'm going to do other stuff. You know, they should really have an adult friendship games. Yo. Why, why are we just keeping it between the kids? Like, we're old now, and I think it's time for the late bloomers to get in the mix and kind of get a second chance at, at friendship games. What's up, Jaren? You know what Jaren, to do. Yeah. <laughs> or Jaren and Kumu, Tessa, all of you guys, we could live stream it. <laughs> Hey, who knows? We might be be, uh, the hosts of Kumu Friendship Games. Wait, (laughs) side note though. Can you imagine all of us old asses trying to uh, do Olympics? Okay. We would break our backs. This isn't like the vault. Or like the uneven bars. It's not, you know, it's it's like fun games that old bodies can handle. Because just imagine us and I'm like, oh, my back. You know? Hey, we'll see. We might do like the ping pong twerk challenge again. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a lot. <laughs> but yeah, man, you know, we're stirring conversations mm-hmm. in our community and, you know, sparking thought in individuals who, you know, maybe have never felt like they were supported in that thought Mm -hmm. you know and you know we always love to hear all sides you know and and i think what people don't realize is every conversation that we have with each other where we're open and willing to Mm -hmm. listen to each other and share our sides you know it's just like a pin drop in the water yes and that little ripple can reach places that we wouldn't even think of you know there's just like kind of like you know just (laughs) the community in general if we all stand together 
and create one big movement together man we can move mountains we could do Legit. so much but we got to do it together together you know and together. some people are just a little offbeat wow just because i can't dance i definitely didn't get that filipino dancing gene but yeah like you know like you said about you know we're stirring the pot we're holding this these conversations conversations that are so important and when people say that we're doing this just for clout it it it's really funny to me um especially because we definitely do it with the goodness in our hearts and like mm-hmm. just being genuine about it especially you know if i had a podcast like this when i was in college when i couldn't really fully connect with my filipino culture and feeling so alone despite being surrounded by yeah. filipinos i feel like i would have been more open to attending friendship games or joining yeah. a filipino sorority and that's why this podcast exists we've gotten dms from people who say that they relate to our podcast or they felt some type of way or felt alone and thought they were going crazy over their thoughts about how they were feeling of being filipino american but listening to our podcast they realized you know i'm not so alone i felt mm-hmm. that too you know i'm not feeling crazy or because I'm disconnected now doesn't mean I can't feel more connected later in yeah, life. Yeah, definitely. You know, and one of the things I really like about this podcast is we're just having a conversation, Carla. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when we're busy with everyday life, I just want to hear someone I could relate to on yeah. no pressure level. Yep. You know, and, and this is that space for that. And I'm glad that we have created this and people are responding. And it's about us it's not about it's it's about us not about us as in carla and i yes absolutely so so with that in mind you know like pistahan and other filipino festivals around the world mm-hmm. you know we have this responsibility to make a strong Im- a strong impact and representation of the filipino community to the people around us you mm-hmm. know and it's also a responsibility as us um, as Filipino individuals to make that same um, sort of good impression on the world and represent our community well with our actions, our thoughts, our words. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like when you go to the family party, right? And I'm sure all of us has that one annoying ass Tita who's, mm-hmm. you know, going to show up in her, 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 uh, what? Louis Vuitton. Her Fuji purse. You know, because it might not be real. I don't know. Oh, okay. Fuchi or Gucci, depending on... I was on. like, oh, is that like a new kind of brand? <laughs> <laughs> the fake one. Oh. Um, you know, showing up with her purse mm-hmm. and just comes out and spits the top gossip she can think of. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at that point, everybody in the family, whether they say it to their face or not, you know, they're going to be like, dang, is, is, is Tita so-and-so going to be there? Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, damn. You know, like, it's like, at that point, we want to avoid her or yeah. we don't want to genuinely interact with her, mm-hmm. you know, and and that could be an example of how people can receive us, you know, in the public. Mm-hmm. If we don't put on a good impression of our people, then that per- that one person's experience could be really bad. They could not want to be around Filipinos anymore, not mm-hmm. give them the respect, treat them like shit. It could lead to discrimination, to hate mm-hmm. and just kind of butterfly effect into you know, those types of negative behaviors towards us and our people. Yeah, I was going to say it's a trickle down effect. So say like this guy is walking down the street and so happens to come across one of those titas or mm-hmm. a really bad experience with a Filipino. And to them, they're like, 
damn, Filipinos suck. And then <laughs> they grow up and they have kids. Yeah. And then they instill that hatred towards Filipinos into their mm-hmm. children. You know, and even in like the face of like discrimination and hate, mm-hmm. if we feel empowered of ourselves and empowered together as a community, like nothing can deter us, you know? And, and I feel like that's something that our community and our people can really be. Mm-hmm. is strong you know we ain't no bitches no you know absolutely but, <laughs> not but when it's just patches of strength and more weakness we're gonna break yeah you know and and i just see more for us i see more for us as filipinos and i see more for us as filipino americans here yeah absolutely and i think we're as strong as our weakest link and i feel like the weakest link now are actually the cruel filipinos out there who say that we're not filipino Mm -hmm. whether because we're in america or they could be saying it to filipino australians filipino canadians filipino indians indians whatever it may be and i feel like those people are the weakest link the people who spit and talk about who pure filipino because i live in the philippines yeah you know completely negating and invalidating filipino experiences from all over the world yeah um because of i don't know whatever it may be jealousy envy it could be like internalized hate i don't know what it is but if we can get them to sway their minds then we we could be so strong and we could be so powerful and do such amazing beautiful things you know, what was special about this Pistahan Festival for Carla and I was it was not only Carla's first time at Pistahan and my uh, return, but it was our first time on a float mm-hmm. uh, at Pistahan. And <laughs> were you really waving like that on no, the float? No, no, because I was nah, working. Because she was working. <laughs> and not so, like working, you know what I'm saying? Like taking photos. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Carla and I were both working the float um, and we were able to be around so many dope artists of filipino descent we had guap formerly known as guap dad 4000 little chicken adobo <laughs> chicken adobo we had adrian marcel crsb from the islands of vallejo mm-hmm. uh, kiana v and ruby abara Oof. who spits fire yes who we actually got to do a kumu with yes a, a few weeks ago that was top tier and it was such a great conversation yeah i love speaking with ruby she is so smart and she has like the biggest heart she is Mm -hmm. so chill she's cool as fuck man shout out ruby abara yo speaking of ruby abara so she has penai's rising real quick i'm just gonna shout her out real quick because what she's doing is so beautiful and so amazing for the community so penai's rising is a scholarship program where they raise money so that way they can um help filipino american girls women um go and have a higher education. And I think that's so dope. Education is so important to Ruby. I know education is so important to many Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that college is so expensive. It's ridiculously expensive. And the fact that Ruby has this program. So that way we can uplift Filipino women. Mm-hmm. So that way they can get an education. I think is so dope. And I think that's you know just one of the coolest things that makes Ruby who she is and makes her like just this top tier Filipino. Yeah, she is not all rap. She is not all talk. Yeah. There's substance behind her. Mm-hmm. And to me, she is honestly a pure example of a modern day Filipino woman. Yes, exactly. And Sheesh. if haters out there are going to like just 
say that Filipino Americans aren't Filipino because, you know, we're out here or whatever and we just don't care about the culture. Take a look at Ruby's profile Ooh, and listen yeah. to her music, look at her performances. Man. This is now cracking the Ruby Abara. <laughs> cracking. <laughs> and for me, when I work events, I'm completely immersed in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That I'm not even at an entertainment event. I'm just at work because that's what we're there to do. Yes. You know, and so I don't always take the time for myself to enjoy the festival, the show, mm -hmm. whatever I'm working. Um, but, you know, there were moments where I was able to kind of snap myself out of the work mode and really take a look and see the 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 artists that we had on the float mm -hmm. just looking at each and every one of them how we were all different shades we came from different towns different cities different countries different experiences and i was just like man this is filipino greatness i'm looking at the crowd you know as we're going down market street in san francisco and seeing just people singing to the songs that the artists are singing, mm -hmm. waving, um, enjoying the music that we're playing from the float. And then when we finally get to the festival and we're you know, on the stage, seeing the crowd enjoy the music, seeing the vendors pop up, and I'm thinking like, damn, like this is FUBU. For us, by us. Yes, <laughs> you know, wow. Don't, don't, uh, don't ding me, FUBU. And that was just so special to see. Like this wasn't done by anyone else but us. Yes. Filipinos did that shit. Exactly. And Filipinos been doing that shit, Pistahan, specifically for 29 years. And I think that's freaking amazing. And I love exactly like just being on that float and getting the moment to kind of snap out of it, snap out of work mode or volunteer mode and kind of see the people around. It was great. And what was awesome is it wasn't just Filipinos waving out on the street and, you know, enjoying. There were non-Filipinos there too, Bay Area natives, mm -hmm. like really enjoying. The thing about the Bay Area is you're going to be friends with the Filipino, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so Legit. many Filipinos out there that you're going to know a Filipino very closely. I mentioned that I was there for the radio station that I worked at. And what's really cool about the radio station that I work at, and if you're in the Bay Area, go ahead and give it a listen. It's 99.7 now. Uh... My radio station prioritizes diversity and not in a, oh, we're checking a box of diversity, but like for reals, like for reals, for reals. And I know this because my last job said they prioritize diversity, but they didn't. They really didn't. So as a woman of color, as an Asian American, as a Filipino woman, it makes me so happy and so proud that my station sponsored a filipino festival mm. and that we were part of it what a lot of filipinos in the philippines don't fully realize or may not understand is that being filipino in america that prioritizes white people is very hard it is very difficult um, and I know that many people are making progressive steps forward to change those things, but it's still very hard. And um, it feels nice to be seen. Visibility is so important. And the fact that I get to walk into the offices Monday to Friday and know that I feel seen, I feel heard as a woman, as a woman of color, as a Filipino American makes me so happy. And it makes me really happy that I get to put a hand and share my culture, not just with my coworkers, mm -hmm. but on a bigger platform. Our radio station is huge in the Bay Area. 
and they have a huge platform and the fact that this huge platform with thousands of followers and you know millions of people <laughs> listen to the station we get to say we're going to be at the filipino festival and like i don't know that just like warms up my heart and makes just, you feel good it makes me feel so good <laughs> yeah yeah and these festivals are meant to make us feel good mm-hmm. you know and you know you, like, you, like you said you see so much uh culture you see the art you see the dancing you see clothing brands even i saw a vendor that had traditional filipino um like fabric Ooh. and she made it into like backpacks mm-hmm. wallets yeah you know like that stuff that's really important to see mm-hmm. and like for those people who don't believe Filipino Americans are Filipino, this is what's being sold to us. This is help to educate us to learn about our Filipinoness, mm-hmm. to gain that knowledge, to yes. gain that passion for ourselves. Um, you know, and we were walking around. I saw this one vendor. The thing that caught my eye was this mushroom sticker. Mm-hmm. And if y'all know me, Maybe if you don't know me, but you don't know this fact about me, I fucking love mushrooms. She does. Like anything I eat, I would love a mushroom on it. Cooked, uncooked, oyster, button, <laughs> cremini, <laughs> fried, sauteed, baked. I'll take it all. Mushroom soup, you know? And so I love mushrooms. The only mushroom I haven't taken though was the psychedelic kind. Mm. So, but one of these days, I plan to dive in and and indulge myself in the experience but um, <laughs> you know um this mushroom sticker caught my eye and so i pulled over and i see carla looking at these prints mm-hmm. and she starts to tell me oh i really like this print i would like this tatted on me and i was like oh yeah that's cool that's cool and then so i make my way around to her side and i start you know seeing all these beautiful prints and artwork that the the booth uh artists made and started asking her questions and um asking her like you know what well what is this one what is their name Mm -hmm. and she starts not just telling me their name and but say for example how aphrodite is the goddess of love Mm -hmm. uh she would say she wouldn't just say this is aphrodite the goddess of love Mm -hmm. i drew her because i thought she was beautiful she was telling us the name in uh whether it be Tagalog or Bisaya, it was the goddess and what they they were what they were the goddess of. Mm-hmm. And she would explain to us the the mythical story of these gods and goddesses. And, you know, I asked her, How do you know all this? And she just said, I read, I researched, I looked this up. You know, and to see to know that she was able to tell these full on stories and um, be so informational as an artist she was a storyteller in writing in voice mm-hmm. in um through a paintbrush yes you know she, and she was young she was like our age she wasn't like older and like in her 50s telling us about you know filipino folklore and and you know mythical gods like she was telling us as a young person who just researched yeah i think what's really important you said it she is a young person and you know it reminds me of 
kind of like that trope they usually do it in tv and film but i feel like it really segues into real life where you don't want to listen to your elders stories because it's just like oh it's just grandma talking <laughs> about whatever but those stories are yeah. important those stories is your heritage that's your history that's your family's history and yeah. um i feel like the more that young people know about history or uh filipino folklore we can continue talking about it word of mouth or through that artist via painting mm -hmm. almost and i think that's just like really important i asked her if she had any ilocano goddesses in her repertoire but she didn't have any because she's still researching uh but i am ilocano so that's like what mm -hmm. i want on me and so and yeah. i know um i can't wait to like find more uh, more information about mm -hmm. it you know what's an interesting thing that she said to us mm -hmm. though was that she had a really hard time or is having a really hard time finding ilocano folklore mm -hmm. and stories so i i actually want to know why that that's the case you know so if anybody out there who's listening to the podcast has that answer onto why it is really hard to find ilocano um, stories and folklore please let us know um so yeah so as we wrap up this episode jazz what do you want to see the future of Pistahan be? Ooh, what do I want to see? Uh, I actually think I want to see Pistahan as kind of how the music festivals are set up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because it, it very much has the foundation of a festival. There's vendors mm -hmm. that are selling goods, like a marketplace. There's vendors that are selling food. Um, but more... So like a festival setup where the vendors are around the space and then there's a center stage that exists and it's bigger. There's a full on production. We get to see full or like half sets of um, the artists mm -hmm. who are performing, not just like one song or a snippet of a song because, um, uh, you know, you're only allotted so much time. And, you know, I would like it to be a mix of. Um, traditional dancing mm -hmm. they have a full so everyone is actually focusing on them you know if they wanted to you know because i feel like a lot of dancing was kind of put off to the side you know and and mm -hmm. they're not really being seen and i want everyone to get like an equal opportunity to be um noticed for their hard work their talents and showcasing filipino culture um and then lastly i would really like to have more uh vegan filipino Yes. food vendors out there um to showcase that you know like the porks the chickens that's not what only our food can be made with you know we can still have our flavors and our good dishes made in a way that's um a little more health conscious and uh just made out of veggies baby yeah <laughs> definitely um, I think for the future of Pistahan, even though this is my first one, but I definitely see a lot of potential of ways for this festival and parade to truly, really elevate. Um, in I don't know how many years it's going to take, but I would love the parade to be um, on TV. Kind of like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Everyone gets up early in the morning, watches it on like ABC, NBC, whatever it is. I want people who may not be able to make it out to the streets of San Francisco to be able to watch it on their TV. Um, I want people to be able who, like for example, my parents, I told them that I was going to be part of this float and be working on it and around it. And it would have been cool if they could like live stream it on like YouTube or see it on a major network mm -hmm. and um, watch it so it allows for family from all over the place to see it 
I would also love to see, you know, not just a local artist, but I would even love to see some, you know, bigger artists like maybe Saweetie there or her come and, you know, do a surprise mm-hmm. thing or maybe, um, I don't know, just put a hand into it. Like if I don't know if they have like a board of directors or anything, but yeah. imagine if Saweetie was on the board of directors of Pistahan and got to, you know, aid, lend a hand in the entertainment side of things. Mm-hmm, or definitely. Um, if there was a chef like Chef Reina, for example, she's a uh, Filipino chef who specializes in vegan Filipino food. If she had her hand in the food aspect mm-hmm. of it, um, things like that. And then even just having a committee of even locals and sharing ideas, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I want to see Pistahan grow bigger and bigger and better and better. But I would love to still keep it either free or the tickets very like like under five bucks. Yeah. And of course, all that money can go donated to back to the community mm-hmm. in some way. Or like way. a charity in the Philippines. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, I love that Pistahan was free. And I love yeah. that people who were off, you know, working nearby could just come by or people yeah. that didn't realize a festival was happening could just stroll on in mm-hmm. um, and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, of course, there is a little bit of like a small fear in that as in um, you never know who's going to come in and try to hurt people. But I would still love to see um, Pistahan be free and maybe with a little bit of beefed up security (laughs) yeah so pistahan if you're listening to our podcast (laughs) come on and hire carla and i for next year's festival we'll make it happen yes um (laughs) and i think that wraps up the episode that was a good way to come back that was a really good way (laughs) if you want to follow us on social media we are at cracking the coconut on instagram and facebook we are at cracking the cocoa on twitter and tiktok definitely join the tiktok because we do post clips and that's where a lot of the conversations happening so you're gonna see some crazy outlandish (laughs) um comments but also some really kind sweet things as well but yeah yeah and uh if you want to check out our website it's there www.crackingthecoconut.com and yeah so um i think that wraps wraps it up don't forget to check us out on kumu every tuesday 7 p.m pacific standard time 11 a.m philippine time um yeah cool well we'll catch you on the next episode thanks for listening guys all right peace peace bye